Hello, Andalite Bandalites. It is Alex, one half of your normal podcasting duo for Animorphs Anonymous. Um, I know I don't normally check in with you guys before the episodes, but I wanted to give you guys a bit of an idea of what was going on. Um, if you're following along, this week is uh, the Andalite Chronicles episode, and um, the book is like uh, three times the length of a regular book. It's like six million pages. Okay, like 600, but still, they're pretty lengthy. So uh, instead of doing a single episode and making it either super long or missing out on a lot of the great conversations surrounding this book, which is probably one of the strongest and most incredible in the series, we decided that we were going to go ahead and make this a two-part special. So um, this is episode one of the Andalite Chronicles, and one week from today, seven days from now, we will be posting part two of the Andalite Chronicles. Um, and then after that, we will be back to our normally scheduled programming of having an episode for you on the 1st and 15th of each month. Um, but for now, enjoy the fact that uh, there's two Andalite Chronicles. It's uh, pretty rad, and we're excited to talk about it with our special guest. So without further ado, Here's our regular intro and episode. Thank you guys so much. You rock. Welcome to Animorphs Anonymous, the podcast where we casually discuss the Animorphs one book at a time. I'm Casey. And I'm Alex. And we're here to talk you through the plot of each book. But more accurately, take you on tangent trips, factoid forays, and say, well, actually, as much as possible. Join us on the 1st and the 15th of each month, and we'll take you along on our mission. And we promise to have you back under the two-hour time limit. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a grave announcement to make. Incredible as it may seem, both the observations of science and the evidence of our eyes lead to the inescapable assumption that those strange beings who landed in the Jersey farmlands tonight are the vanguard of an invading army. Hello. Hey. Hello. Woohoo! What's up? The best intro I've ever done. <laughs> We're in. <laughs> We're in. We're. This is how Andalite Chronicles starts off with a bang. Oh, oh God! Like a paper bath, just go boom. Yeah. Oh, we should do Foley. <laughs> Foley work. I'm. I am not editing Foley work into this. Oh. So we're with here with Andalite Chronicles, which means this is our drunken recording, Ooh. and we have a guest. Hello. Cheers. And it's Stephanie. We all cheer wildly. (laughs) (laughs) The best, the best guest you'll ever have. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, everyone else. (laughs) Well, I'm not because it's it's the truth. It is. So, well, since you're the best guest ever, tell us how you got into animorphs, and that's where we'll start this train wreck out. Uh, (laughs) Okay, this is embarrassing. (laughs) Please don't judge me. I. I'm doing an Animorphs podcast. I can't judge you. <laughs> yes, yeah, so this is usually the thing that Animorphs fans judge me on. <laughs> so, like you guys, I think I found Animorphs through the Scholastic Book Fair. Mm-hmm. I didn't actually read it through that, but I was like, "Oh, hey, those exist." <laughs> they're kind of hard to miss when they're the first one on the list. Fair. Fast forward to September 1998. I'm 10 years old. I can picture it clearly. Yeah. <laughs> you met me like two years later. You probably, you should be able to. I, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't look that different. <laughs> but 
Alright, so I obsessively watched Nickelodeon all day every day. Mm-hmm. As did we all. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. I, what else would I do with my life? Go outside? Please. No. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, I think it's September 25th. Yeah. Jesus Christ, you have the day? It's not That's that so hard specific. to look up. Jesus. <laughs> it's Saturday night, I'm watching Snick, and what comes on? it's the Animorphs TV show. Oh, Snick. Yeah. So. Oh, man. <laughs> I was like, oh, hey, this show. I remember these books from the Scholastic Book Fair. Also, I have nothing else to do, so I guess I'll watch this. Because my bedtime's not for, like, another three hours. So, Where was your bedtime? I don't remember. (laughs) Three three hours after Animorphs. Just, I picked a time. I I set my own bedtime. I remember everything else, except what my bedtime was. You remember the day that you watched Animorphs, but your bedtime, you're like, I don't know. (laughs) I have very clear priorities. (laughs) It's not sleeping. No. How long have you known me? Long enough to know it's not sleeping. (laughs) Please. So, I watch the TV show for, like, two months. Yeah, that's... Long enough to be like, Okay, one, I hate, I already like shitty TV shows anyway, because I have terrible taste. I still do. <laughs> so, I mean, I watched Glee for its entire time. Yeah, we did too. So, Casey and I, oh I have terrible God, taste. Yes. We did too. This is like, okay, I need to read books. Also, Tobias is my favorite character already, because Christopher Ralph has dreamy eyes. And he has really nice hair too. He does. Oh. And since I'm not going to be seeing his face anymore because he's a bird now, I'm going to have to go back and read the books. So I picked up number three. No, you and Casey both. That was her first book too. Oh, yeah. And you guys kept coming back. Yeah. Somehow. And then I read number 23, which is very confusing. Also, ruined this book. Yeah, 23 would be confusing in that sequence. Yeah, and then I read 13. And then I read number one. Also, I read number 21 before I read number 20, which was very confusing. Oh, <laughs> extremely confusing. Wow. Wait. Yeah, I was like, what is happening? 13 is not, that would be an Axe book? No, sorry, that would be Tobias's book. Sorry. Yes. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, you really did. You did a number there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. That's quite the introduction to <laughs> Animorphs. Yep. Holy shit. And then I binge read the first 26 books in two months. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Fair. And then I was caught up, so I was like, okay, now what? And then you had to wait every single month for one to come out. Yes. <laughs> I did that right up until the 40s, and then um, I kind of dipped out for a while, and then I saw that 54 came out, and it was the last book, and I got it at, at Borders when I was like in probably what middle schools when the last one came out and i remember reading that and being like what the fuck did i miss (laughs) (laughs) i know shockingly you miss books you miss stuff if you skip books i missed but like a lot of stuff yeah (laughs) so was animorphs ever like the harry potter books where like people would line up to get the next one no yeah not really Okay, and people weren't shouting spoilers in line. Well, okay. they might have been. I mean, the last book for sure. I mean, Casey does know the biggest right. spoiler of that arc, which is I, unfortunate. Yeah. So I was actually active in the Animorphs fandom while the books were coming out. 
relatively active. Yeah. Like, fandom was like a newsletter and some fan sites. But, <laughs> but I was from the World Wide Web. <laughs> it seriously was. They used to be like, go to the World Wide Web, like yep. HTTPS <laughs> dot dot dash dash. Like, they'd give you the full URL every time. Yep. <laughs> so, but. Yeah, I think we were still hyper-paranoid about spoilers even then. Which And now they're still hyper-paranoid about spoilers even, you know, 17 years on. Yeah. Well, we're st- I'm hyper-paranoid about spa- spoilers all the time. I'm like, Casey can't know shit. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Casey. But yeah, I mean, we would talk about them because we, we were friends when the books were still coming out. Yep. So <laughs> we were active. <laughs> Did they ever release, like, variant covers? You know, how, like, yes. you go to buy... A... Okay. Yeah, they had that for McMorphs number two. Mm-hmm. They but... had, like, four... Or they did a cover with, like, featuring each one of the kids. I think the inside cover had the each one of the kids. And then the cover cover was just... <laughs> I was like... Oh, the inside cover's called Step Back. I just remember that. <laughs> I was like, fuck. Anyway. I, I would believe you. I have no idea. <laughs> But um, the cover would just be, like, the same cover art, but it would be colored differently. Oh. I don't actually remember which one I have. Like, I never, like, I have it. I've seen it a million times, but I can't hold it in my head. The only reason I even know this is because some people on, like, the Animorphs Facebook group were talking about collecting them all last week, two weeks ago, something like that. Oh. So, I was like, oh yeah, okay, that's cool. (laughs) I know it's one fact. <laughs> you know what I do want, though? Speaking of owning multiple copies of things, mm-hmm. I want the individual parts of the End Light Chronicles. Did they sell them in individual parts? They did, apparently, at some point. I have never found them, but I want them. I've never even seen it for sale, like, when I've been looking for this book specifically. I think I saw it once, and I think it was, like, outrageous. And I was like, okay, even I'm not that obsessed. <laughs> $80 for the Actually, I am that obsessed, but if they were selling all three, maybe. We can talk. Oh, they were going to charge you, like, that much for one? If it was all three, I'd be willing to pay up to $15. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I will pay how much it was worth at Crown Books in 1999. $6.99? No, it was $4.99. This was $5.99 because, I assume, because it was larger. But you promised us a story about how Catherine and Michael met. Oh yeah, that's right. (laughs) Okay. So, set the scene. (laughs) I can envision it. It was the 70s. So I can't envision it. (laughs) I know, but that kind of informs everything that happens after. Okay. Okay. So Michael Grant's walking home from a date with another person. He's passing by this apartment building Mm -hmm. and and he sees through the window this beautiful girl. <laughs> and he's like, wow, she's hot. <laughs> I'm into it. He's like, I want to meet her. But she's on the phone. <laughs> so he's like, I'll come back. <laughs> oh, no. Wait. He's going to go into a stranger's apartment building and presumably knock on her door. Uh-huh. But not when she's on the phone? No, of course not. He's not rude. <laughs> okay. He has to pass by a few times because she's still on the phone. <laughs> and he's waiting? Yes. What a creep. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she was talking to her mother. That can take a while. It's yeah. understandable. Yeah. Uh, apparently this is his life from since then. <laughs> he's waiting for her to get off the phone. 
tease the internet, presumably. <laughs> so eventually, I don't know how, I don't know what happens in between. I know that he knocked on her door, they met, and they moved in together the next, like, two days later. Really? What? Yeah. And oh. the rest is history. <laughs> I mean, I guess. Very romantic? Question mark? I would be afraid he was a serial killer. I think yeah. the way that he justified this was that it was the seventies. But like, where where was she living in the seventies? These guys have lived like every fucking where. Yeah, in France and shit too. So we yeah. can't even like country specify. Right. <laughs> like we know that they lived in Minnesota in like the mid nineties at some mm-hmm. point. Me too. You're not supposed to admit that. <laughs> oh. Redacted, redacted, redacted. Edit that out. Well, so the whole reason I was asking, like, the 70s and, like, he went and knocked on her door was because if they were living in, like, California at the time, I was seeing, like, ah, Golden State Killer. I wouldn't open the door for him. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he looked very trustworthy. Or maybe she was high. It was the 70s. Uh, That's true. (laughs) He's. He's a strange man, Michael Grant. <laughs> he is. But he's amazing. Yeah, he's he's amazing. Yeah. He's just... I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Already with you. Oh. <laughs> you know, if I heard, had heard that burp, that would have been a weird I'm sorry. <laughs> it's probably it fine. It's completely involuntary. Is it? Like I said, we're drinking tonight. We are drinking tonight. Shout out to the other Alex on our email account i'm drinking hennessy and lemonade <laughs> i'm drinking i'm drinking gin and tonic because it was my character's drink in an amorphs rpg that's incredible yeah. whoa uh, casey what are you drinking i am drinking some pacific apricot wheat blue moon which is basically a wine cooler like it's super sweet what I liked about that was when I asked you what you drank in Megamorphs earlier this week, you're like, beer. And then this, <laughs> you're like, let me give you the full product description this time. <laughs> are you trying to get a brand deal? <laughs> we are not sponsored by any of these people. <laughs> oh, God. I probably bought this copy of Vandalite Chronicles. I bought this one, um, like, two weeks ago. Or to, and I'm sure there's one at my, like, parents' house that probably. I just didn't find. But I didn't have it on my shelf. And so I ordered it. I got it in the mail. And when I took it out, I, like, had this intense wave of nostalgia. And I was, like, back at the Scholastic Book Fair, like, you know, over a decade ago. It was magical. It was the closest to time travel, appropriately, for this book that I've ever done. (laughs) Oh, I have thoughts on on whether or not that's actually time travel, but we'll get to that. Theoretical time travel. This might actually not be my original copy, because I'm pretty sure my original copy had part of the title letters rubbed off. So you're like, buy a pristine version! (sighs) This is my version signed by Kay Applegate, though. Is it? It is. That's awesome! That's a treasure! That is a treasure. My other copy is signed by Michael Grant, so... He so, didn't. He didn't inform me that he couldn't sign it. Okay, Apple Game. Like that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> like it's fine. Let me just forge the signature. No, I was, I was saving the other one for her. That's really nice, actually. Yeah. I had to meet. I had to meet Michael Grant twice because the first time I was too starstruck to say anything. Okay, I was gonna set the scene, but that would involve saying where it was. Never mind. <laughs> and we can't uh, admit where we are. <laughs> no. Uh, it was in a town. An, un- an undis- indescript town. There yep. we go. In a 
not major name bookstore. (laughs) (laughs) So it wasn't like Barnes Noble. Sure, sure. So I think it was right around, it was when like the Gone series was still coming out. And I don't remember where we were in the series. So I went, bought the Gone book, blah, blah. (laughs) I stood in line with my Amber Blight Chronicles after Michael Grant tells Socks about how, you know, he still gets like, fan letters from and more fans of Makai. Of course. <laughs> Here. He's like, hi, it's me. I am your fan. <laughs> he did tell me, though, that when they were writing the end of the Chronicles, it was, like, right around the time when they figured out, like, what the hell they were doing. Like, okay, now- You can tell! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> it's like, okay, we've hit our stride now. We yeah. know what we're doing. Love these books so much. <laughs> I don't remember what I said, but probably like ninety percent of it was just like stuttering and like dead. Fair. Dead. Fair. Mm. I can just picture it so clearly. <laughs> All chronicles. Oh. Also, I guess okay. This was my last semester of college, I think. Okay. Yeah. And so, like, his book signing was at like seven o'clock or something, mm-hmm. and I had a. Uh, a final that was from six to eight. <laughs> I like where this is going. <laughs> so I specifically asked my professor if I could. I told my professor that I had like some sort of emergency, family emergency, <laughs> <laughs> um, or like I don't think I said specifically that I had family emergency, but I think I said it in such a way that he assumed. <laughs> yeah, something's <laughs> gone terribly awry. Like ser- clearly, something very serious is going on. You know, she's not a terrible student. She's probably, you know, not off doing drugs. Probably. <laughs> I went to a very conservative college. <laughs> I think the probably baseline assumption is she's not doing drugs. <laughs> that's never a fair baseline assumption. <laughs> it's not. Um, but that doesn't mean that. Yeah, you know. they. But they assumed. That yeah, they assumed I wasn't doing drugs. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't. <laughs> you weren't. Doing drugs because you were going to a book signing from Michael Grant. Like, well, yeah, but they're mutually exclusive. He would have understood. It was true. He would have. Yeah. So, so I got my my final um, rescheduled. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's incredible. Entirely rescheduled. Entirely rescheduled. Well, I mean, it's not like the whole class got rescheduled. Just me. all, I got all sixty it. students or whatever. I just love the level of commitment you have. Like, man, I feel like a slacker now. Yeah. I mean, what the fuck? We're just recording a podcast at mm-hmm. our convenience. We didn't reschedule anything for this. Yeah, what the hell are you guys doing? I don't fucking... Casey, we gotta wrap it up. <laughs> fucking quit. No. <laughs> no. Also in school in Milwaukee. Fake I don't fan. know. I don't know if we had finals. Now that I'm thinking about it. I hate you. <laughs> yeah, we had, like, turn in your drawing and critique it, but we didn't... Oh, we had, like, art history finals and shit. To be fair, 90% of my final... I majored in English, 90% of my finals were giant-ass papers. About animorphs. Sadly, no. Oh, fuck it then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I write things on, like, Wordsworth and shit. Fuck Wordsworth. I also like that my moral enemy is for <laughs> Wordsworth. I like that too. You know, died 150 years before I was born. I don't even know who my mortal enemy is. Like, I need to find one now. 
That's another podcast. <laughs> that is my quest. Find my mortal enemy. I'll spend an hour exploring that. I'm pretty sure that if I was a superhero, my <laughs> rogues gallery would just be really, really weird. If I was a superhero, my power would be like like summoning all the birds to me. That's the <laughs> I would be your superhero friend. Yes. <laughs> I'm like the Aquaman, except opposite. Yeah. Airman? No, <laughs> that's stupid. I'm not. I'm not exploring that anymore. Also, <laughs> <laughs> the air woman. Yeah, <laughs> I just turned it to man though, because it'll just flow nicer. Although that would really confuse your enemies who'd never met you before and be like, "I thought you were a guy." I'd be like, "Use the right pronouns, bitches," and then I'd fight them. Also, be like, "Gender is a social construct." Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's my tagline. <laughs> Gender is a social construct. Fuck you. <laughs> Well, on that note, should we start reading through this Animorphs book? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what we're here for. <laughs> Vaguely. I forgot about that. I Well, I'm excited. We're going to have some good conversation. <laughs> I can already tell. All right. I'm starting. We open this book at the scene, as we almost always do, with Elfangor in the construction site. <laughs> no! That's what we almost always do. I'm already dead. Every book open, they're like, and we met an alien oh. who gave us powers who died in a construction site. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, I've been reading these. I was thinking a little too, too, um, like literal. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's happening in the construction site. We just open to that scene every book. There's no one here. It's still just a construction site. Did you ever read the ba- Babysitter's Club? Yes. <laughs> yeah, like, chapter two was always the exact same. Yeah. Because like, it was, like, they got a call. Yeah. I mean, in fairness, I, I always use that as justification for why I read Amorphs Out of Order. I'm like, it worked in Babysitter's Club, which is what I read immediately before this. And the cool block font. Oh, yeah. That was cool. <laughs> yeah. So that's all I know about Amor's it. Amorphs font is better, though. So. Of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> It's way cool. Literally, the only place it's on this book is where it says Animorphs. And is it, but it'll be like the first line, right? Yeah, but I mean. Now I'm checking. <laughs> no, we're both checking. No. No, it's not. Holy no, what shit. What the hell? Did they I do remember. that in the other Chronicles? Mm-hmm. It's, well, I don't know about Chronicles. I think they did in Megamorphs 1. I know they did in Megamorphs, but. Now it bothers me that I don't know. Why did I not bring my entire series with me? Just bring a truck. I have the rest of them in my office. I could go grab them. How much is this bothering you? Is this bothering you enough for me it to grab It's bothering me a lot. Right, hang on. <laughs> hang on. <laughs> nope. Chronicles did not. Alright, I'm gonna quit drinking and get into this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm gonna stop crashing and banging and get to it. Are you sure? I'm ready this time. Okay. I've turned on the air conditioning and I'm ready as a person. Great. <laughs> Alright, so. Construction site. Alfangor is recording his last memories, also known as his Hiric Delest, which I'm sure I mispronounced. That's about as close as I pronounce it. <laughs> it's close enough. Yep. So he is recording that, which is basically his final memories and thoughts to his peoples, and then he tells his story, because he has a terrible secret to tell, as always. Um, it's not that he's gay. Not that he's gay, but he does start with Although there's he... no evidence that he's not bisexual. Also, technically speaking, X Mark or Canon that show, so. Oh, because they danced it. Yeah. yeah. We watched that episode before we started recording this podcast, and that was the only episode we watched. I lo- or I maybe it bit. was. Also, oh, 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 oh. 
Eugene Lipinski, who plays Mr. Three in the show, is fucking fantastic. <laughs> he was also in the first in the very first episode of the Goosebumps TV show. Really? He was. Like, I found, saw that it was on Netflix, and I was like, yeah, sure, I'll watch the Goosebumps TV show. Season and 3! I was like, oh my god, it's Mr. Three! <laughs> and it... We were trying to decide what Wizard 3 looks like, mm-hmm. and I think... Oh god, yeah. Yeah. And I think because of him, I was like, he has to be bald. There are yeah. no other options. For the way that Mr. 3 is in the majority of the series, I feel like for how hammy he was in mm-hmm. that show, like, yeah. That's... I mean, it's terrible. It's fair. But, like, like, I would pick a different actor to, if they had, you know, done the Chronicles, <laughs> but... Okay, but in the Chronicles, like, and I'm surprised we're getting back on topic now. I'll just I state know, right? that. But but for the Chronicles, <laughs> he became a villain instead of just, like, the over-the-top, like, yeah. like crazy guy he has been. I have theories about that list. <laughs> okay, okay. I have a lot of theories. All right, we're getting into it. <laughs> I've had a long time to think about this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. Um, all right, so uh, before we jump into the book, the last thought that Elfangor leaves us with is that he just met these kids, but the boy, not for the first time, because foreshadowing is our favorite plot device. Yes, also we like to say things that are technically not true. Mm. Technically it's not true. How so? Because I will talk about sperm as long as you want. Please don't. <laughs> no. Also, can we just overlay this with the song from My Python and the Being of Life with Every Sperm is Sacred? Oh, yeah. yeah we absolutely can. <laughs> Thank we you. can do an acapella version if you want. <laughs> I saw John Cleese and Eric Idle like, doing a talk. Um, last year, and they had to sing along to that song. We all had a blast. That sounds amazing. Oh, I wish I was there. I'm jealous too. They're so old. I feel like I don't have oh, any yeah. cool I've met people stories now. You guys are all like dropping like Michael. You're gonna meet Applegate. That's true. I am gonna meet her She too. is amazing. She is. Considering how often I hear things in the news about people who I admired as a kid and finding out that they're horrible people, it's really nice to know that they're not horrible fucking people. <laughs> Yeah, like, uh, like I, w- I went to, <laughs> I went to a book signing of hers when I think it was her last book that came out. Ever? No, Wish Tree. Okay, maybe it wasn't that one, but it was, it was, it was like a couple years ago. Okay, but, last one that came out before, because I think Wish Tree just came out like a yeah. couple months ago. You're really expanding like, all the knowledge I know of all time right now. But like, <laughs> but like, like half of her talk was about like. um like, kids living in poverty and things and all that good stuff. I mean, it's bad stuff, but, like, she was talking about charity and whatnot. I'm like, like, I like her a lot. She's she's awesome. And then, like, it's relevant to the books because she writes about all of those different situations. Mm-hmm. Like, we've, we've talked about that a little bit before, about how, like, you can latch on to aspects of every single character in this book and relate it back to your own life. Marcus' life philosophy is basically mine. Yeah, I think that was a a thing I did on purpose. <laughs> like, I read that, I'm like, yes, I like that. Mine's like Rachel's. I just meet everything with rage. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, 21 years before, Elfangor is practicing tail fighting with Sofor. Don't know if that's how to pronounce it. Yeah. I'm going to keep looking to you as someone who studied the English language to correct my alien pronunciations. <laughs> Sure. That's how I pronounce it. We're going with my pronunciation of the correct one. Yeah. And how does how do you pronounce it? 
so far. So far, okay. Yeah. How speaking just while we're here, how do you pronounce the like main alien names? Andalite, obviously. Yeah. That one's very hard. I know everyone has struggled with that one. Uh, I say Hork-Bajir like they do on the TV show. I do too. That is still my... My dad knows nothing about Animorphs, but he remembers that word. <laughs> and it's his favorite part. <laughs> yeah, my, my parents are very good at just rolling their eyes and ignoring me whenever I bring up Animorphs, which is... It's rude. Yeah. <laughs> very rude. But also, it's like every day, so... No. I mean, you'd think that they'd be experts in it by now. Uh, Yerk. Taxon. I say Jed, even though I'm pretty sure it's not Jed. I'm pretty sure it's, like, Ged. <laughs> I say Ged. But I, like, all my pronunciations are from reading the book. So I... <laughs> it's like gift versus gif. It's, it's gif because it's a gift. <laughs> oh, I say gif. Uh, I was telling a friend of mine about that once, like, gif versus gif. And I was like, well, the creator said it was pronounced gif. And she goes, you mean God? <laughs> No, the creator, the fucking final The creator was Jif, but the creator has to be wrong because that's not how you pronounce the words that make up the file name. Well, and it's already a peanut butter name, so basically you're stealing the peanut butter name. Right, and if you steal that, you're basically dead to me. Which is spelled with a J, so. Yeah, I just learned something new about myself. I didn't realize I felt that strongly about it. Maybe you're, like, getting the Rachel rage, too, now that you're here. Possibly. You're like, steal my peanut butter name! I'll avenge you! <laughs> also, I feel if you steal my physical peanut butter, so... Oh, fair. I will fight you. I have bitten somebody over a peanut butter rice cake before. Why does that not surprise me at all? <laughs> I don't know, actually. Why doesn't that surprise you? <laughs> no, it just seems like it's a very you thing. I've never seen you do anything like that, but it seems like, yeah. It just seems like, like yeah. Do. Okay. Yeah. Alright, so. Axe is tail fighting so far. Elfangor is fighting so far. Who did I, oh, did I say Axe already? Yes, you did. Oh, okay. You're that's, trying to give that poor boy Oh, no. No, it's, seems like he's just his brother. it's because I was reading ahead in my notes because the next thing I wrote down is blah, blah, blah. He is being trained to tail fight and is surprisingly like our dear Axe sassing off to the guy. <laughs> so. So he gets his ass handed to him, and then he makes a comment about the guy's scar, and so far pulls a whole, want to know how I got this scar? <laughs> oh my god, I wrote that down too. <laughs> I knew you would. <laughs> um, so he basically just says, I got this from an old instructor who wasn't as loving as me, and then gallops away, I wrote, like a maniac. He probably just, like, ran into whoa, something, whoa, whoa, and he whoa, just whoa. tells that story. <laughs> like... He was shaving one day, and he just... <laughs> also, can't he, like... He's an Antlite warrior. Can't he morph? Yeah, and fix so, it. So, yeah, why didn't he fix it? Unless... We can't get into that right no, now. No, we can't. <gasps> oh, no! <laughs> I already have theories about this, so, like... Yeah. Well, let, let's hear one. I sent you my theories. Well, funny. you sent me your notes, and your theories were like, no, no, no! <laughs> Perfect. Uh, anyways um so so far goes galloping away and then arsith arbron comes over and he yeah how do you say arsith arist arist because i'm going to the books because that's the way it's spelled is it yeah i've always said arsith remember again you're right it's arist i still read it s-i 
Like, until just now, I read it S-I. Is this where we find out you're dyslexic? I've been wondering that since I started reading these books. Every time I look at a word that I'm like, that doesn't look right. What, a, what, what about that thing that says that if you're given a word that has the same first letter and last, like the first letter and the last letter is correct, but all the letters in between are mixed up, you can still read the word? I think that's true if it's not yeah. an alien made up word. Right. <laughs> if it's a real word and yeah. not a fake word. <laughs> no. Also, it doesn't work if you misspell the word. This is probably like a Berenstain Bears thing where I just read it when I was a kid and so it's never occurred to me it's anything different. I mean... The, the multiverse theory does technically work in Animorphs, so... Yeah, and I spelled it Arsith in my notes, too, but it's Aris. Yep. Okay, mm, well, there you go. When I was a child, I read it Arsith, which is much easier to say. I must... Is it? Say it. Arsith. Aris. Which one's easier? Second one. No way! No! There's no way! Arsith uh... makes me feel like I have a lisp. I might have a lisp. <laughs> we can't tell. <laughs> Actually... Since this is not a visual medium and is totally an audio medium, it is the one thing we would be able to tell about me from this entire thing. Okay. <laughs> Aris. I don't like this. I don't like this one bit. <laughs> okay, okay, here's the thing, though. Alex, I give you permission to call him an Arsith because I could not pronounce Abron's name, so I just called him LeBron the whole time. <laughs> Arbron? Yeah, Arbron. I did at least... Abron? I kept saying Abron or Ab... Arbron. So I just called him LeBron. His name is LeBron James. LeBron James. <laughs> so now we have LeBron James in a Fangor. <laughs> He's LeBron James, the animal. The Arseth LeBron. Littlefinger oh, Shamoama Ding Dong. And LeBron James. How the fuck did I get Elfangor, Serenial, or... Now I'm fucking up Axe again! Oh my god! No, no, that, that's... Axe-Milly, Eskeroth, Eastville. How can I say oh. that and I fuck up Arseth? I don't know. You know what the other thing? The other thing is you have Lauren and you have Aloran. Yeah, Lauren. that was fucked. Or Aloran. Is it Aloran or Aloran? Right beside Lauren, spelled with an O? Not cool. Yeah, then it's like instantly Aloran. I... Oh. She's just fucking with you. What you the specifically? hell? <laughs> she wrote this book like fucking. She wanted to make your life Alex. difficult. <laughs> She's gonna pronounce it Arseth. I hate her. <laughs> Fuck. Like everybody was telling her that Arseth was more easy to pronounce, and she's like, you know what? Fuck all of you. <laughs> it's Aris. Fuck that word. I'm keeping going. I can't do this anymore. Um. So anyways, they, they get told to come up to the bridge, and they're both like, we fucked up royally. So, um, Elfangor and Arbron, which I somehow can pronounce, <laughs> are running up to the battle bridge. <laughs> I don't understand. Um, they're running up to the battle bridge, and they almost run down a senior officer, and they're like, we're headed to the bridge! And they're like, he knows. When the captain says go, you go. But he's also like those damn kids. Yeah, he's always like... Fucking idiot Fucking children. Fucking kids. Yeah. Get off my lawn. Can we talk about Antholites and their child soldiers? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that the point you're bringing to the table? Just what the fuck? <laughs> we know that Axe is basically a kid. They uh -huh. say that like a million thousand times. Because uh -huh. they're Arists. <laughs> right. <laughs> my first thought was like military school. Even though I know nothing about military school. I know middle schoolers go there and they dress in army fatigues. Right. All I know all this from major pain. 
everything I know about military school I learned from oh, watching like Train. 10 minutes of Cadet Kelly on Disney Channel. I don't think that was an accurate representation. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> I also don't think I watched the entire thing. So <laughs> you didn't even finish Cadet Kelly. It's I fair. Think, I think where I turned on the Disney Channel and like the last 10 minutes were playing and I was like, oh, hey, I haven't watched this. Still, you wouldn't send like middle schoolers to mm-hmm. war. No, like, they'd just go to school. You send them to military school because they're little shits and you want them to strain out. But so, like, a finger, I assume, like, a comparable age to what Axe is. I think they said at the end of the book that Axe is, like, the same age I was when the whole dome ship incident went down. Oh, yeah, he says, my brother Axe Millie, a young artist as I had been. I'm going to assume that he means in all ways. (laughs) Also, kind of an idiot, probably. Definitely an idiot, based on the last book. Where he calls the captain old hoof and tail right to his face. Doesn't even private thought speak that. Just blows that right out in front of everyone. Oh, (laughs) X-Man. And this is, like, the beginning of the war, too. Like, he says that it's been going on for, like, five years? Is that what he says? Or am I just making that up? He might have said that, but they've already issued um, that they can start breeding again. I know, but they can't have... They have to have lost enough people to agree to that. Like, how badly is this going for them? Uh, depends on who you ask. According to the Andalite hierarchy, pretty well. Okay, yeah, but they're full of shit. They're totally full of shit. They're, they're entirely full of shit. <laughs> they are. They're, I don't they think have, it's going have, well. They have propaganda coming out of their ass crack. They do. Assuming I, they have one. I don't know how that works. But, yeah, but they, they're children. But then yeah. again, so are the Animorphs. Like. Yeah, I know, but... But, like, the U.S. Army wouldn't hire the Animorphs in book one. Well, no one would hire the Animorphs in book one. Oh, Fangor shouldn't have hired the Animorphs in book one. I don't think he had much of a choice. At okay, the end of this could book, you go get somebody else? <laughs> but at the end of his book, he knew that that was how it was supposed to go because the Elmist had kind of revealed that to him. Yeah, I know, but still. I'm just... Well, yeah, but you're right. Yeah. He should have picked literally anyone else. Literally anyone else, like, uh, if he had known. What if like... when he asked Tobias, how's your family life? Tobias was like, I get swirly to school every day. He's like, this is who has to save the fucking world. Oh boy. Hmm. Great. <laughs> <laughs> well, probably still better than it, like High Command. Oh, I also had a thought on the whole breeding thing. Okay. Like, how about we can talk about breeding but not poop? <laughs> because they're aliens and not real? Alright, these rules are arbitrary, but I'll play along. <laughs> All of my rules are arbitrary. You should learn that by now. <laughs> so, does do the Andalites have, like, a one-child policy, or what? Well, totally. Like, if we read into this without them actually saying it, they totally have a one-child policy. Right. Why? I assume because when we find out later in the book that they're, like, herd creatures, and they oh. talked about their cities not being successful. Also, hold on a second. We know... I'm sorry, spoilers. This is a very minor spoiler, but we know <laughs> we meet Andalites later in the series who have siblings. Or at least one sibling each. But like, mm-hmm. and they're all older, I mean, they're all probably easy to say that they're all older than Elfangor is. So... Were they at war previously when they implemented this policy? That's a good question. Also, there's a good argument, I mean, <laughs> if Animorphs was an allegory for like... China. No, for imperialism, the Antolites would be, like, Europe and America. 
Would they be though? Yes, they would. Why? Why was Why was Ciro and company on the Earthcore world before the war started? Because they were exploring space. Why did they have a military presence? Because that's what you do when you explore space, according to Star Trek, which is yes, my but- only reference for this. <laughs> <laughs> Why did they have military and civilians on the Earthcore world? So they can boldly go where no one's gone before. <laughs> I'm thinking because they were colonialists. I mean, that's fair, but that's, you gotta assume, like, when humans go to Mars, that's what they're gonna do. They're gonna send civilians and military. I understand, but also, they, before, you know, the Erks turned on them, they were treating the Erks like second-rate citizens on their own planet. Well, depends... On the person, and that's just, like, racism in action, really. I know, but doesn't it sound a lot like a real-world thing? Well, totally. You can right. totally relate it back to the real exactly. world. Exactly, so... Also, I'm backed up by the actual authors on this. <laughs> I'm just making shit up as I go. <laughs> I, should, I should mention that Michael Grant has said this. I think it's totally fair to also say that's representative of any, like, racist place taking over another yeah. place. Like, we can look at throughout history and find hundreds Absolute, of Absolutely. It's just... It's just specific. It's, it's, they just call it the specific incident. Right. Also, But, like, the Andalites are the racist people taking over other places before the Yerks even get off the ground, literally. This book really tore down a lot of walls as to how yeah. we thought about Andalites. And Yerks. Yeah, the Andalites can suck a dick. Or whatever they have. It is not foretold in this book. Or in any book, and I'm still angry about that. <laughs> that they didn't give you an in-depth description of Andalite. <laughs> Listen, I have read a lot of posts on Tumblr about an- about alien sex. Where I have a place I want to go with this, and I'm just trying to decide if it's too inappropriate. Alright, so... They report to the battle bridge. They think they're screwed. And I'm really just going to start moving through this. My notes are kind of going to go out the window right now. So they make it to the battle bridge. And he brings up a hologram of a system with nine planets. 90s. I wonder what that could be. (laughs) Probably some other planets. Well, it's probably not the Milky Way galaxy. For sure. (laughs) Nah. So the Skritnow Raider ship is showing up right around the sixth planet, which has beautiful rings. Which I wrote down the complete wrong planet, and then they tell us later which it is. <laughs> Saturn. Which I one wrote did down you write? Jupiter, like an idiot. <laughs> I mean, yeah. doesn't Jupiter have like two rings? Yeah. See, Jupiter and its beautiful two rings. I'm gonna <laughs> tell you why I wrote it down because in my head, as soon as I read this, I thought boys go to Jupiter to get more stupider, and I could not get that out of my head. That's Saturn. True. Still not acceptable. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah. I mean, Probably. nobody goes to Jupiter except, like, no manned spacecraft goes to Jupiter. So maybe in the future we can say that. I mean, we all know this. It's pretty clear. <laughs> that you get more stupider when you go there. I learned this in third grade. I don't know what's wrong with you guys. <laughs> oh, anyways, um, the captain asked the... R is... <laughs> 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 so anyways, um, he asks them what to do, and Elfangor answers that they should go and chase them down, and then Arbron says if they put up a fight, put some tail into them, which was not the right thing to say to the captain. You dumbass. 
I love Arbron. Uh, you fucking blew it, Avron. He did fucking blow it. And he blew it in a way that wasn't like, oh, anybody could have done that. It was like, you fucking idiot. <laughs> I shouldn't call him a dumbass, because considering. Considering what? <laughs> considering what happens to him later, it's fine. I mean, he's still a dumbass. I mean, <laughs> Like, you can be a dumbass and have terrible things happen to you. Yeah, but that's like saying Tobias is a dumbass. But he's <laughs> not. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Tobias Camperdary thinks people... Yes. yes. I mean, they all do really stupid shit. Oh Rachel's my, my favorite character. I can't defend <laughs> like... her any better than anyone else. <laughs> my, favorite ca- mm, my favorite character depends on what book I'm reading. <laughs> I really need you guys to stay strong, though, and commit to this not-a-dumbass thing so that I have some integrity as Rachel is my favorite character. Fine. This is a group protection oh. we have going on. They're right all now. dumb. <laughs> They're all dumbasses the end. They're all children. I mean, to be fair, my favorite character most consistently is Jake, and, I mean, he makes some dumb decisions. Really? Yes. <laughs> He's a complicated guy. <laughs> I think my favorite part about Jake, that's not like a deep dark thing about him is that he's one of those people who will try to make a joke but just always it doesn't work because it just doesn't sound right when he does it and you think like he'd pick it up from marco after a while but he does not so but like like even x gets it from marco after a while even he's like i can make sarcasm noises (laughs) sarcasm noises (laughs) i also like Um. the running joke through the series is that we're not sure if amplex can make jokes like x is clear Really? You think that when he, he he insists on saying X of your minutes, even though Marco clearly gets annoyed by that, that he's not making a joke? Please. Yeah. And we did just read the book where he he said something about miles, and Marco goes, you're not going to say of your miles? And he goes, what if I use kilometers? <laughs> <laughs> so that was pretty good. What now, bitch? Also, he keeps doing the Yes, Prince Jake thing. Yeah. Anyways, so, uh, they're going to go and do Elfangor's plan to intercept the Skritna, and, uh, they basically are flanking the captain here, trying not to embarrass themselves, which they do immediately. Of course. Of course. <laughs> because the older model ship they are given blasts right past the captain. God, they're such children. <laughs> um, so they're not really reprimanded for that, he just kind of is like, yeah, guys, maybe stay in line next time, and they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, how does air, like, training even work? I want to know, like, what did, like, like, like when they're not in a battle, do they just, like, okay, now go take out some fighters, and we'll watch you from here. It sounds like what they do is they train them really well in theory, uh, but in practice, they have some major gaps. Yeah. They don't send them to, like, Andalite Space Camp. <laughs> <laughs> Put them on one of those, like, whirly things and see if they throw up. <laughs> okay, I'm imagining that. I guess they wouldn't throw up. They don't have mouths. I'm just imagining so many things. Like, a bunch of, like, tiny little andalites on, like, the airplanes as it, like, ends up and for, like, 30 seconds they're weightless, like, kicking around. Stopping their little hoops. Oh my god. And that might happen, because they do mention later in the book that they have zero-G training and how to move. This is plausible. Oh, it's totally plausible. Uh, I, I bet you X finds out about space camp on Earth and is like, wow, you guys have this too? I can go with <laughs> It's almost the exact same. Weird. 
what if uh, this obviously never happens, Casey? This is like a psycho thing happening in my own head. But what if the, <laughs> the Animorphs all take like a day trip to space camp oh and like God. Axe has to pretend to be Philip inside of the oh, camp? No, no, <laughs> Esther and Calamity. Right? Somebody write fan fiction on this right now, please. Somebody. Oh, Please. I'll get my best fanfic people on it. Please, I don't please, have please, any please, fanfic please. people. I don't know enough about space camps. Somebody's been to space camp. <laughs> Send us an email. Anonymousanimorphs at gmail.com. Let us know what happens at space camp. We will write a fic for you. <laughs> this is a disaster. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, they make fools of themselves. They get rebuked a tiny bit. Uh, and then as they go to intercept this thing, it is very clearly a flying saucer. Yep. It's literally just a flying saucer. Um, what? Those don't exist. Damn it. <laughs> the sharing. Um, <laughs> well, it's very clearly a flying saucer. This is the 70s. We can say this shit now. So um, as they get closer, they realize there's a second ship that was obscured by Saturn's <coughs> rings. Uh, and then the Skritna attempt to run, and they're like, okay, break off and chase them. And the people that break off is, like, one senior team, and then the, then Elfanger and Arbron. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do this, guys. Uh, you can do it. I believe you. Thank you. you. Thank you. <laughs> so the senior people take a couple shots at them and completely miss, and then they're like, alright, let's show them how to do this. We're children. Let's fuck some shit up. <laughs> and sure enough, Alfangor burns it towards the Skritna, and Arbron takes this shot and hits the engine, like, perfectly. Fucking ace fighter. <laughs> and then the captain compliments them, they're giddy, and the chapter ends with Alfangor saying, I was a fool. Well, yeah. Stupid. Yeah. Next up, Elfangor marries the hatches on the two ships, equalizes gravity. It is very specific about how they do their onboarding procedure, which is kind of interesting, I thought. Yeah. Um, and then the scene they walk in on is absolutely insane. So they explain the Skritna are two different phases of the same species of alien. The Skrit is this many-legged insect-looking thing that's crawling around, and the Na are quite literally the, like, giant-headed Martians that... Yeah we see from the 70s, like, from X-Files and shit, except their skin is gray. Yeah. They're legit. Like, Basically. Yeah. And the entire ship is being held up by a young blonde girl named Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, okay. When El- when Elfanger was first describing the human, it was, like, long golden hair and, like, jeans and, like, a white shirt. I- the only thing I was picturing was Fabio. <laughs> I was like, what is Fabio doing on the spaceship? <laughs> it was the 70s, what can I say? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the 70s were a wild. Everybody had Okay? Yeah, yep. I had a thought about the, about the script now. I'm ready. Does this book just have... Uh, I can't remember now. Because I think it's like a throwaway line. I think that somebody describes humans as a class 5 species or something. Mm, that's not this book. I am almost positive it is. I don't remember it in this book, and I swear I just read it like yesterday and today. It was like like if it was in here, it was like the tiniest line. Watch yeah. in like some rando uh, main series book. Oh! I know which one it is, but we can't... It's... I know, yes, I know which one it is, definitely. But, uh, Sorry. 
No, it's it's not this book though. It's the the it's another Chronicles. It's it's Bizarre. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's I know exactly what you're talking about now. What bothers me about the script now is that they are like a class one species can't be infested. I'm like, and the script now for some reason are one of those. I don't understand why. Like, is it because they're basically a? I would assume it would be because of their when they cocoon themselves and have to go through that hibernation. Yeah, but wouldn't that mean that the now were technically possible to infest? Mm-hmm. So why can't they infest them? Because big-headed aliens don't have ears, right? I don't know. According to X-Files. I mean, where are the, where are the ears <laughs> of the Bashir? I assume it's a tiny asymmetrical hole behind the eyes. I don't know. I'm just making assumptions. <laughs> like, where is the taxon's ear? In its face. In its face. <laughs> In its gaping mouth. They, yeah, they go through its gaping mouth. We need to cover this in our Aliens of Animorphs podcast. Yes. I don't know. Maybe their brains are just too small. Maybe their ear canals are weirdly shaped. Mm. I'm imagining a loopy loop girl parodies them. Like the jerk would have to like, woo, woo, <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't know why there's no evidence for this, but I'm just picturing that. What if it's like duck penises where it evolved a corkscrew screw? <gasps> oh god! Yeah, corkscrew <laughs> shape, but with like a no. false ending on one side. Uh, and that's like, because their species have somehow evolved alongside the yurks for years, but then they like devolved. But of course that didn't like, it's a vestigial thing that remains. I'm not sure where you're going with this thought. <laughs> There's a problem with them evolving alongside Yerks. Well, but it doesn't come up until much later. Yeah, I was just thinking that too. But I mean, it's a possibility or a Yerk-like species, or maybe they just developed They're... false ear canals for fun. Yeah, I know. Good. There is good evidence <laughs> in later in the series that yeah. the Skrinna probably encountered Yerks and probably. Yeah, the hand in some things yeah. involved in them. Oh, there's so much in this book that, like, sets up stuff later that, like, we can't tell Casey. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have to have a long talk after this. I know, we are. <laughs> oh, no. All right. I also had a thought about Hyrectalus, and I have no idea where to put this. And my thought was basically, how the hell do they work? Because we know he's recording it as he's dying. Yeah. And, like, like I don't think it ever comes up again. It does, though, with, um... We can't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> like, no. Uh, so, uh, oh, no. <laughs> but th- there's a lot more time later yeah. in the example later on. Right, but, like... If, he's, if he finishes it right before Thursday's like, Rah! But... <laughs> it's really too bad that there are visuals on this. <laughs> Did he, like, just hit send on this, like, his email to the Enlighten world, or what? No, because it's actually stored somewhere. Where? Well, I don't know. Because the ship gets destroyed. Not. Immediately afterwards. It's in the cloud. (laughs) It's in the cloud. The Andalite cloud. Yes. (laughs) I'm going with that. I'm not even going to correct that. It's in the Andalite cloud. (laughs) My other thought, though, direct list, though, is that it kind of explains what the hell the Animorphs are doing with their narration. Oh, they kind of do it like they're writing everything down, which is incredibly stupid. <laughs> they at least pretend to be smarter than that. They definitely think they're smarter than that. Mm-hmm. 
They, I mean, they are. Yeah, but depending on the day. Depends on who's narrating. Right, depends, and who the ghostwriter is. But also there's points in the series where, like, it doesn't make any sense that this would have been written down. They, they couldn't have done that. I'm thinking of very specific things that there's not really time to write down. <laughs> so, like, it kind of would make more sense if that was what they were doing, essentially. I don't know how they, I don't know how to direct less work. I don't know if you need, like, specific technology or whatever for it. I don't I, know if a human could do it. Like, well, I don't they know they can work. thought speak, so they right. should theoretically be able to do it. Right. That's my thought. <laughs> yeah. I only recently thought of that, and I was like, why have I been wondering about this for 20 years? I need to think about that, because I need my thoughts in order about that. <laughs> Alright, so, Lauren's holding up the whole ship, or Fabio. <laughs> one of the two. <laughs> And uh, the Scritnod tries to pretend like, we're buddy-buddy with, like, you know, the Andalites. He's like, how about you help me get the female back in her cage? And, like, winks at him. Oh, God. And then... Such a creepy thing. Creepy. The Scritnod are so creepy. And then, like, Elfangor just ignores him, basically. And he's like, what's going on? And Lauren calls the Scritnod Twinkie, (laughs) which confuses everyone. (laughs) And also me. It makes no sense. Yeah, so anyway, she calls him a Twinkie. Uh, there's another humanoid passed out in the back, and everyone loses their shit that they walk on only two legs. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much what happens. Oh my god. All of the Andalites. I'm just going to read these notes word for word, because I wrote them how I wanted to say them. Go said, So the male starts to wake up, and is a dick. We learn his name is Chapman, because he's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> he's such a dick! He tests Elfangor by lunging for a weapon, because he's a dick. <laughs> Lauren does embarrass him, which fascinates Elfangor, but the point of this chapter is really to learn that he's a dick and have the Andalites be amazed that humans don't follow. He's over. a dick the whole fucking time. <laughs> yeah. Also, I love that his name is Hedrick. That's that's so horrible. But it should have been Richard, because he's a dick. <laughs> I guess. I just really hate him. Like, the whole time. I never... Maybe they didn't name him Richard because they figured, you know, Lauren would not be able to pass up calling him a dick. Calling him dick. Classic just wouldn't go for that. So, like, we're gonna call him Hedrick. That would have been a really fun tongue-in-cheek thing, though. I mean, this happens in the book, so it's not a spoiler, but we're not at that point in the book. But maybe everything that Chapman does is because... (laughs) His name is Hendrick? (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) But more, maybe, because the entire time that Elfangor and company aren't with them, Lauren's just like, you're such an asshole. (laughs) Just stop. And he finally gets fed up with her. He's like, you know what? Fine. I'll be an asshole. Maybe that's what happens. New theory. I think he started out a dick. His parents did a bad job of raising him. Yeah. They probably didn't love him. <laughs> he just seems like one of those, like, slimeball guys that'll, you know, sell out the entire human race for a can of beans. Well, I was, like, I was, like, upset by how much of a dick he was in the whole book. Because, like, in book two, he was, he, he loved his daughter so much he was willing to continue to be a slave to the Yurks. So I'm like, okay, he's got some fucking humanity. And, and, and keep going. So the Aris, look, I'm getting better. (laughs) Thank you. They decide to take the humans on a tour of the ship because they're just not sure what else they can do with them at this point. (laughs) So they're like showing them around and talking about the differences between Earth flora and Andalite flora. And then Elfangor offers them grass to eat and uh, they're confused, correctly so. (laughs) 
and then they exchange details about how they eat food, which is fun. And then Lauren has to take her shoes off, which Alfangor agrees to because he doesn't know what it means. <laughs> and then she, as he puts it, starts ripping her hoofs off. <laughs> establishment they were in what if he sees like a guy in a wheelchair and he's like why don't you just get up i don't understand <laughs> oh god angor no stop saying shit it's like bringing your racist grandma around yeah it's exactly like, it's like i'm sorry he re- he doesn't know better no really he doesn't know better we kept trying to explain prosthetics to him he just doesn't get it andalite racism oh, and yeah. ableism yeah <sighs> and then, okay, so this this is the best part right after, too. He talks about how sad he is that the whole human race is crippled and has to wear artificial hooves <laughs> around the planet. Oh my god. It's so good. And then Lauren starts running away from them, and she turns her head around to say something, and they both freak out again. Like, oh god, it can turn its head around. <laughs> oh, this is so good. So, oh, uh, how many aliens have they actually met? It's like, we've met Skritna. Yeah. We've met two humans. We've, we're aware of other aliens. Yeah, well, we're aware of, like, you know, the Yerk, the Taxon, the Hork-Bajur, the Gad. Yep, that's about it. <laughs> have they actually ever seen one? They've actually seen another species besides Skritna and human. Yes, like, but they weren't paying attention that day in school because there was a game on later. There was a female. Or there was a pretty girl. Or they were asleep. Yeah, one of those three. So she runs over to a tree and lifts herself up, which again freaks them the fuck out. They say her skin is very loose. Chapman tells them it's clothing. And then they're very confounded that people would go places that they need to wear clothing to keep them warm. This is a very confusing chapter for the Andalites. <laughs> so, um... Then the humans are called off to somewhere, and Elfanger goes to feed, but he is quickly intercepted by Arbron, who tells him they had to be at the dock in, like, eight minutes or something like that. Yeah. Like, a very random amount of time. Uh, and they go there, and they are greeted by none other than Aloran Semitor Karas. Who's kind of an ass. He, a little bit. But also, we just met him, like, two books ago, and it was super sad. Yeah, talk about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Aloran is standing in front of a beautiful ship, the Jahar, named after her as wife. I said Jahar correctly, I feel. Yeah, that's how I pronounce it. Perfect. Therefore, it's right. I agree. <laughs> so, I Aloran... like how this becomes, the, the, how my pronunciation becomes the standard. That's great. It this does. Thing. You know, I, it's after the R-Sith thing happened, I just feel so unsure of myself <laughs> So, Aloran tells him the mission is to return the humans to Earth and erase their memories, which Chapman immediately hates and Lauren is concerned about. And then the Aris are not happy because Aloran is disgraced and this mission is clearly not a reward. So, uh, they all get on board and Arbron asks to use the computer and they say, sure. Why not? Why not? Why would we stop you from using a computer? Then they as, long as, you don't look up, as long as you don't look at Aloran's porn. He would not. He probably hasn't secured. Probably, yeah. Do Andalites have? Do you porn? think he probably? Do you think he has like 
racy holograms of his wife? I hope so. God, I hope so. The technology supports it. <laughs> wow. So now into space theory. <laughs> so they're trying We're not to really sad that you can skip those. Also, can we talk about the fact that Lauren somehow never gets demoted? Like, what is the anti justice system even? I mean, he's disgraced. Right, but he still has—he still holds his rank, and he still has power from that rank. He gets which a cool seem, ship. Right, which seems like we could make this the be very valid argument that being Mister Three's host is about as good as life sentence. But I don't know if the regime would agree with that. But I feel like the torture makes it worse. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. He's a complicated character. Yeah. I'll just keep moving. Yep, now that we're sad about Lauren. It's super sad. Yep. And it's just gonna get worse. It does put us in the right mood for this book, though. It does. Which is sad. (laughs) So, anyways, they're traveling through boring space, which is not Z-space. Boring space. (laughs) As opposed to interesting space. (laughs) I love that's boring space, despite the fact that there's more, there's stuff to look at. Yeah. It's not Z-space. Like, ooh, look, stars! Ooh, look, a planet! <laughs> a nebula. It's boring space, though, because mm-hmm. it's slow. Um, they came out of Z-space somewhere around Mars, and they can't go too fast in regular space, or they'll distort time too much, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Although there was some really great moments in here where, like, it was very clear that it was researched mm-hmm. what space travel was like. So I appreciated that. Yeah. So, um... Lauren is brooding, Arbron is working on the logs, Elfangor's hanging out with the humans who are asking questions, um, Chapman makes a bid to try and get Elfangor to sell technology for money and power, um, blah blah blah, the normal because Chapman's a dick, no one likes Chapman, he's such a dick. Um, and then suddenly Arbron calls Elfangor over, he's broken into the logs and found something interesting. The Skritna that escaped have the greatest weapon ever! The Time Matrix, which they stole from under a pyramid. And it's never explicitly said, but can we assume that she put it there? Because they helped build the pyramids, and they're really the only other link. I think that would be safe to assume. Yeah. Because, like, why else is it on Earth? Of all places. But you you can open the pyramid retroactively, right? And just, like, roll it in. But who would have done that? Yeah, you'd still have to have, like, a l- crazy strength, which would mean the chi, probably. Right. That's probably the chi. And the chi, historically, are very bad at hiding <laughs> Like dogs that bury their shit in the backyard. Literally, the only thing that they're good at hiding is, them- is like, their bodies. I thought you were going to say dogs. Like, hundreds, <laughs> hundreds of, dogs. of dogs underground. <laughs> <laughs> well, <technically, yeah. laughs> I remember I described to my friend what happens in number 52, no spoilers, but I specifically, I specifically made a note when I was telling her, the dogs are okay. The (laughs) The dogs are okay. That's how we should start every interaction with the chi. The dogs are okay. (laughs) Oh yeah, the chi are fine too, but the dogs are okay. No one cares about the chi, it's all about the dogs. We don't care about the chi. I mean, I do, but like... I care about the chi. I just care about the dogs a little more. Right. <laughs> I'm still angry that we never got Hemolite Chronicles, even though that would I would have bawled the entire time. That would have been so cool. Yeah. Every now and then I'll just think about the Hemolites and get sad again. I'm still... I'm bummed we didn't get, like, just straight up taxing Chronicles. Right? 
Like, that was room work for years. Especially after this book where we get the glimpse of, like, the rebel taxing force. That would have been so awesome. That would have been so awesome. But we don't get it. Because Catherine wanted to spite me as a 10-year-old <laughs> Why is she so mad at me? Did you, like, you accidentally, like, like throw something at his stranger, and you're like, oh, I'm so sorry. And then that stranger turned out to be Catherine Applegate? Maybe. I, mean, I wouldn't know. Like. And she, like, swore vengeance on me for the rest of history. Like, maybe you were in a mall one time, and you just accidentally bumped into somebody, like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> or maybe you didn't say you're sorry because you're a brownie ten-year-old. I would have definitely said sorry because I was raised in Canada. True. <laughs> you apologize for everything. I don't know what I did. I'll confront her and be like, yeah. what did I do to you when I was a child? <laughs> maybe it was because I accused her husband of maybe being the Golden State Killer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is, that is kind, of, kind of bad. <laughs> oh, God. Alright, well, anyways... They tell them that they have to go after the time matrix and the humans will have to wait to return to Earth. Which pretty much sets up the rest of this book. Nah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That is not correct. (laughs) I think we might have read read two completely different books. (laughs) I'll talk about my version and then you correct me. (laughs) I'm willing to play this game. Um, just rewrite the series to have the Taxon Chronicles. Yes, and the Pemelite Chronicles. Yep. Was there that line in number ten where when they made first G the crappy joke they celebrated for a year? I was like, oh my god. <laughs> That's like I love the Pemelite so much. <laughs> they're so good. They're just so good. I wish I could make a robot that told good jokes. I mean, think, that's what we're trying to do now with, like, Siri and Alexa and shit. We're like, tell us a joke. And they're stupid. Imagine if they told good jokes. Right? Although, if we create robots and then we died off, then they tried to, you know, preserve us in an animal, it probably wouldn't turn out as dogs. What, what animal would they preserve us in, though? Chips, because they throw shit. <laughs> what if they got confused, though? And they picked, like, somebody said chimps, and then they're like, ah, yes, chipmunks. <laughs> I was thinking, what somebody said chimps, and they said Oh my they were God. like, shrimp. I just figured out how Alvin and the Chipmunks happened, guys. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> I have got to move on. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> oh, no. So... Uh, the Scritnaw clearly don't know what they have. They're headed to the Taxon homeworld, and the Jahar is in hot pursuit. The Andalites are having a thought speech meeting. They're excluding the humans. Uh, Chapman breaks in, says he has a right to know what's happening, because he's a dick. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> also, technically, they're being kidnapped again. Oh, technically. <laughs> so, you know. But in a nice way. Yeah, nicely. Yeah, but one of them's, a, you know... Oh my god! What? What? The Stockholm Syndrome. That's... What happens? <gasps> I don't no. even think about Shut that. Fuck. Fuck. That's why Tobias's mom leaves him because he's a child of her captor. And after years of therapy, <laughs> she realizes no. and abandons him. <gasps> oh. Well, for many reasons. <laughs> I broke everything. Because it's not how Stockholm Syndrome works. <laughs> yeah, also, also, that's not how the book works. Well, but still. Oh, God. 
It's not even a spoiler. That's, that's just not how the book. <laughs> <laughs> we just made that entire thing up. <laughs> <laughs> also, she doesn't do a very good job of abandoning him. She leaves him with, like, their sister somebody. But she does a good job of leaving. She does do a very good job of leaving, that you're right. When, you know, her child thinks she might be dead. But they're not sure. Question yeah. mark? Uh, Lauren gives Elfangor permission to tell him because if they um, get captured in the situation they're headed into, then the humans will definitely be killed or enslaved, which is super fun. Um, <laughs> Good times had by all. Pretty much. Uh, and then Chavin starts mocking them, saying he wishes he was taken by the Yerks because they seem to be the winners. And then Lauren, who seems to be the only one that can put Chapman in his place, uh, says basically, yeah, you might be right that they might be the winners, but you better hope not. And then drops the bomb that he was present for the Yerk takeover of the hork home homeworld. I was there. Done. That's probably not important. Aloran asks who the better shot is as they approach the Yerk homeworld, or, sorry, the Taxon homeworld, because there is a cargo ship that they want to take down to the planet to avoid detection. And they don't need to destroy it, they just need to disable it. They also can't cause an explosion? Question mark? Worst space battle ever. So, um, Aloran takes the shot, and of course he makes it, because he's an ace shooter. Or, sorry, yeah, Arbron takes a shot and makes it. He's an ace shooter. LeBron James (laughs) takes the shot. He takes the shot. He shoots his scores. I see the reason I can't tell you what actually happened here is because every fucking time I tell you he took a shot, all I can hear in my head is I am not throwing away my shot. Oh so my <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> so Hamel <laughs> The Hamel Morphs our other podcast. <laughs> we do it well okay. We'll make it for you. Just Thank for you. you. <laughs> Uh, so anyways um, they've disabled the ship they forcibly take this one over which is another interesting description of like marrying the hatches and forcibly like making the gravity's level and all sorts of shit Um, they bust in there and there's a bunch of taxon and they start like slashing them up to ribbons because they're fucking giant worms that are made of just guts and they suck (laughs) Um, and then I know taxons are the worst and so their brethren start eating the guts of the fallen taxon, and then they start backing up, and Arbron starts celebrating, and Aloran's like, no, dude, this isn't a good sign. And then, of course, in a shower of sparks, the hork come forward, and suddenly it's a fight for their lives. Um, and then Elfangor lets his conscious go, and basically becomes the most badass tail fighter in all of history. And then when he, like, kind of comes to again, he sees all the gore and the dead hork and he fall. He runs back into the Jahar, falls to his knees, and Lauren comforts him. And I wrote down here, can we talk for just one minute how Alfangor reacts to his first fight versus the Animorphs? Yes. I have permission. <laughs> Great. Go ahead. Granted. Boom. Thank you. Now I'm just at a loss for words because I'm so horrified that Alfangor reacted like this and the Animorphs were just kind of like... They were horrified after the fact, but they never had this, like, big breakdown that Elfangor had. And Jake had to choose between saving Cassie or his brother for a minute, he thought. It just seems a lot more... For the Animorphs, it was a lot more 
I guess, personal than this, because this isn't a battle against enemy aliens who are not the same species, who they know as the bad guy almost exclusively. Right. And he reacts so much more violently than the Animorphs did. Do you think he would have thrown up if he had a mouth? Probably. Yeah, probably. Which makes me wonder, do Andalites colic because they can't puke like horses? Do they what? They colic? Do they colic? <gasps> oh, damn. Like they roll on the ground and twist their guts until they die. <laughs> oh, no. Babies. <laughs> I'm just gonna leave. Because they can't puke. To plug in. <laughs> it was just a question and I just have at the forefront of my mind at all times, apparently. I've asked a lot of questions about Andalite sex. <laughs> yeah, and so all you know. I asked about was colic. <laughs> and I'm the bad guy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> horses are real, and I can imagine that. Yes. Um, yeah, me too. Um, Very vividly. Colic, right? <laughs> so, God, colic is the worst. Also, when I think of colic, I think of, like, babies. Something you've, like... My brain just went to, like, baby Andalites. Babies. That's cute. They... It is, but then I don't want to, like, put those two thoughts together of them, like, writhing on the ground. Well, my brain just likes to just, like, put different thoughts together into one horrifying freak show of an image. Maybe I can comfort you here. Let me give it a Thank shot. Thank you. <laughs> if we're going by horse anatomy here, and we're assuming that baby Andalites also have some sort of milk of some sort or something like that? Like, their parents somehow create an easy-to-digest version of whatever they're giving them? Sure. They wouldn't colic as easily easily because their parents are feeding them that easy-to-digest thing, whereas colic is mostly caused by, like, a blockage due to a certain type of food or a sudden spike in heat, things like that, that basically cause them to be unable to digest and really would only affect adult andalites. Okay, good. I feel better. I'm glad I'm here. <laughs> I'm, okay, I'm okay with adult Andalite suffering, specifically the Andalite High Command. Now, here's a question. Okay, assuming all goes well on Earth, let's say, far in the future, like, Andalite's just walking around on Earth as normal, and, like, maybe some of them decide, I kind of like this, because I can have Cinnabon all the time, and I'm going to live here now. So when those Andalites get sick... Assuming that this has been going on long enough that you have human doctors and stuff who are like, yeah, we can treat alien diseases now, depending yeah. on the alien, would Andalites go to a doctor or a vet? Um. <laughs> what? Wait, is this like before that you can major in Andalite-specific medicine? Because that would probably be like like a new field that people could go into. But like in the meantime... I would probably Xenomedicine? Say, yeah. If they need to be taken somewhere, they do need to be trailered. So it would have to be a facility that can at least support large animals. <laughs> they can fit in a car? What are you talking about? <laughs> like, there is clear evidence that they can fit in a car. Yeah. And also, if they were colicking, they'd just morph out of it. And they'd be fine. Oh, right. Okay, but what if they got, like... Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler disease. <laughs> okay, I know which disease you're talking about. And, and they need to go to a doctor to, like, get spoiler, spoiler, spoiler disease antibiotics. Uh -huh. Yeah, right. Or to get their spoiler removed. Oh, yeah. That would still be a large animal facility, though. Okay. Because if, they, if it's 
depending, of course, on where in the body it is. But theoretically, if you're going towards, like, the gut area, they'd still need to have the tables that are big enough to flip them on and to, like, hold the feet so they could get in. Oh, like, no. you know. If it was the human part, they just have to, like, lay down and, like, operate on... I, that would be very hard. I yeah. swear to God, if anything happens to my baby boy, I'm gonna flip this goddamn table. <laughs> would you Would you like to just quit now? <laughs> no! <laughs> my boy! My son! Don't hurt uh, my axe. Uh, Don't hurt him. That's, they're all irrevocably hurt by this entire <laughs> sequence of events. I mean, nobody gets out of this happily. Yeah. Not even us as the reader gets out of this happily. Listen, this isn't Harry Potter where everybody lives happily ever after. Yeah. <laughs> Except for Except for Dumbledore. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Hopefully I didn't spoil that for anybody. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> this is like Neopets all over again. I'm totally drunk. How how is this like Neopets? <laughs> because <laughs> Nobody fed them, and they just like lived forever, but starving to death. Oh <laughs> <on the> shit! <laughs> Which also happens, actually. <laughs> actually, you know, I never thought about that. That's exactly how the series ends. <laughs> uh, I had Cinnabon the other day, by the way, just what? while we're here. I had Cinnabon the other day. Oh, it was pretty good. I sent Casey a picture. I had friends come from the UK. We took them to the mall. Obviously. Was this in the 90s, per chance? No. <laughs> no, it was like five years ago. Okay. And we took him to Radio Shack, Spencer's, Fucking and Radio Cinnabon. Shack. Was Radio Shack around five years ago? Yes. That's... Yeah, yeah. They just closed down, like, in the last couple of years. Wow. Okay, well, now I'm sad. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not. Fuck Radio Shack. How am I ever going to make a Z-Space a transponder now? They don't even have all the parts. They don't even have all the oh. parts. You gotta go to Best Buy. I'm gonna have to take apart, like, a VCR or something, or a DVD player. Yeah, exactly. And then we get the ant book. <laughs> oh, God, God, the ant book. Elfanger feels foolish that he let Lauren comfort him, and Lauren gets pissed, and they go down to the Texan homeworld. Hooray! Um, Lauren is a little nice to them after he realizes that's their first battle. Uh, and then he, they all acquire Taxon. Uh, Gross. This is a little out of order. Elfangor gives Lauren a shredder because she admits she's afraid that Chapman might try something while they're gone. And then, uh, they head down to the planet. Oh, not. <laughs> that tasted very ginny. I got intense. <laughs> I was like, we need a lot of alcohol to get through this book. <laughs> we do. So, uh, when they go to get the taxonomorphs, they find them fighting to death, and the the Yerks, according to Aloran, have abandoned them, and this is the taxon in their natural state. Um, he orders them to stop fighting, they cannot, so he stuns them. So they acquire the taxon, and then they bring up the lights in the room, and they find that they're surrounded by Yerks swimming around them, and there's thousands of them in these holding tanks. Lauren orders Elfanger to flush them into space, and Elfanger refuses because they're helpless and it's wrong and they can't defend themselves. And Lauren disagrees. He tells them that he's being a foolish child and that it doesn't matter if they're in a host body and would you rather face them when they have a chance or would you rather flush them now? 
Uh, and Elfangor just keeps disagreeing. He refuses to flush them. Arbron mentions they're pretty close to the planet, so if they flush them now, the heat signature will probably be detected. They don't want this. Aloran says fine, but on the way out, they're flushing the Yerks. Would you guys have flushed the Yerks? No. No. Would you? Maybe. <laughs> oh no. I feel like a dick. No, don't, don't, don't. We'll talk about it later. No. <laughs> we'll talk about it a lot later. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. We'll revisit it. But, um, I. This is foreshadowed later. I mean, maybe I would have, though. I would like to say no, that I would do the honorable thing like Elfangor, but, you know, I probably wouldn't. So, uh, we get a horrifying description of morphing of Haxon and how the organs are all shifting and arranging and they're horrifying and. Uh, then the hunger that is absolutely inescapable. And Arbron kind of jokes with Elfangor when Elfangor tells him to be careful when he morphs. And he goes, what, are you afraid I'm going to eat you? And Elfangor says, yes, I am afraid. I have a question for you guys. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Would you rather morph a taxon or an ant? Ant. Taxon. Oh, God. I don't have an answer for myself. I was just curious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's cool. I think taxin. That's cool. I mean, I'm hungry all the time anyway. It's really just an extension of my daily life. <laughs> yeah. They're both shitty. I hate them. They're both. They are I mean, both shitty. Neither one would be my first choice for a morph. Yeah, uh, but if you termite. had to. Taxin, termite, or ant. Uh, probably termite. Fuck, Mary kill. Taxon, termite. <laughs> no! I hate that so much. Kill myself rather than fuck any of them. Um, oh, God. Casey, yeah. any answers? I, uh, no. I refuse. Yeah, I don't really have any either. I refuse. Anyway, that was, that was horrible. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. So, oh, they are Taxons. They neither fuck, marry, nor kill the Taxons. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's the worst not that ever. we know. That's Maybe true. that's why we never got Attacks and Chronicles. Because then we'd have to find out about Arbron's side chick. No. Yeah. Well, I mean, that is a thing in the Chronicles books. Arbron no. has a side chick? <laughs> Poor LeBron. You know, that's better than the spoilers I was going to say. So yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> My fake world. <laughs> this is why Catherine hates me. We've, we solved it. They land on the Taxon homeworld. The spaceport is still under construction and absolutely bustling with activity. There are docks everywhere. Um, they see Skritna ships. They see the Skritna ship. Uh, there's also primitive, in quotation marks, maglev trains transporting things around that are too heavy for the get, which are the original slaves of the Yerk, and we get kind of a description of them, but not, like, any real detail. Right. Oh, Cool. <laughs> What were you gonna say? I said I picture them looking like the the thing from Fantastic Beasts, the the little sloth monkey looking guy. I don't know. That could be oh far off, but they're kind of cute in my brain. That's accurate-ish. It's okay. In my brain, they've always been like vaguely like tiny gorilla esque, and Sweet. I'm just like, yeah, I've there's my placeholder image. Yeah, just in case the animals ever gets to the movie. <laughs> this is what they should look like. I'm totally okay with this being replaced by an actual image. Because this image is kind of bad. And for some reason, they're always wearing pants. I'm not sure why. Maybe because I don't want to imagine what 
their genitalia. Yeah, I don't want to understand. I don't want. You're only interested in Andalite genitalia, not (laughs) dead genitalia. There's a lot of alien genitalia discussion in this episode. I'm just (laughs) pointing that out. Listen, I spend a lot of time on Tumblr. I I think that should explain everything. I'm afraid of Tumblr. That's probably for the best. Oh god. It supports like just really being able to scroll like ADD through things, which I appreciate sometimes. Yeah. I have two modes on Tumblr. Either I will read everything or I will be like, no, this is too long. I will read everything read or nothing. everything or nothing. <laughs> Damn it, Casey. <laughs> it's like, I'm sorry, there aren't enough images in this, so forget it. Or, nope, this is too serious, I want something funny. Or, where are all of my baby animal pictures that I... This is going to be an HBO series at this point. <laughs> <laughs> uh... <laughs> I mean, I've brought up sex enough times. That's true. This is the unscripted, unedited, <laughs> sexy time Animorphs Anonymous podcast. This is the game of this is the Game of Thrones Animorphs podcast. Yes. Yeah. Except instead of between brothers and sisters, it's between aliens and more aliens. Right. Different aliens. Different aliens. Same alien species. Fucking each other. Yeah. Apparently. Obviously. Is there a- <laughs> <laughs> Everyone in Game of Thrones is fucking each other, so. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They're all brothers and sisters. Which... This is pretty much what we're Why do people like that show? Oh, I, never, I don't like that show. Game of Thrones? Yeah! Why not? Everyone's like, incest, woo! And I'm like, incest, boo! <laughs> That's our hashtag! That's the hashtag right there! Hey, Alex, remember when I said I was going to be quieter on the next Drunken episode? Yeah. No, it's not yeah. happening. <laughs> How much shit did you put in this? <laughs> this many. <laughs> this many. <laughs> I held my fingers an inch apart. <laughs> Alright, I'm talking about Animorphs, guys. You can't stop me anymore. Oh, also, it should be noted that I'm currently wearing a t-shirt that says training to be an Animorph. I did notice what? that. What? I appreciated the it. Fuck? Somehow it's the only Animorph shirt that I own, and I'm very disappointed in myself. I own zero Animorph shirts. Oh my god! I'll give you this one, but it's very sweaty. That's fine. <laughs> I do own a lot of skin-tight shirts, so I could, through morphing technology, own Animorph shirts. Oh? Yep. So? There. <laughs> I like how you said, like, that was a revelation? Ah, yes! Skin-tight clothing! That will work! Our three heroes are moving through the spaceport when they hear a terrible scream. A taxon is thrown or falls. See, Foley work. I appreciate it. A taxon is thrown or falls from a maglev above them. It hits the ground, bursting like a wet bag of meat. And suddenly there is a feeding frenzy. That's exactly what it is. It is a wet bag of meat. Um... (laughs) Taxon from every- <laughs> Did you say boy meat quietly? No! No, not at all. I said wet meat. Oh. Well, like in a really creepy way. I was suddenly having a flashback last time when we were doing this. It's, it's of course, as you know, harder to hear Casey. So last time she said something about parallel bars because we were talking about gymnastic camps. Mm-hmm. And I thought she said titty bars and it led to a conversation about Rachel going to a titty bar. So I was just having flashbacks of that now with the boy meat thing. No. Also, we shouldn't, we shouldn't assume the Texans' gender. I don't know the proper pronoun. Them? They? Maybe? Yeah, I don't know. We'll go with that. So, <laughs> the Texan hits the ground and bursts. 
and multiple other taxons of varying color, creed, and non-Aryan origin <laughs> descend upon <laughs> the guts. Do my best. They descend upon the meat and uh, start eating it, and Elfangor is being drawn in, and he's having a lot of trouble resisting the taxon's desire in its brain to eat. But it, he uses every ounce of willpower he has and backs up the taxon body and gets him away from there. And the he doesn't stop resisting until all of the meat is gone. After the meat is gone, he is apprehended by many Hortbizer because Subvizard 7 uh, is very suspicious of any taxon that won't eat fresh meat. So, rightfully so. This is very confusing now, because Subvisor 7 has multiple different rankings throughout this book. But right now he's Subvisor 7. Which is why I always refer to him as the same thing all the time. And that's not a spoiler, because we find out by the end of the book that he is Visor 3. Spoiler! I totally- Sorry, I'm learning everything as you're describing. Oh my god. I totally called that he was Visor 3, but I felt so smart. I was like, that's Visor 3. Called him. You are so smart. I'm so smart. My deduction is good. I thought you were going to talk about taxes for a second. I'm like, why are we talking about tax <laughs> My deduction is good. <laughs> my, de- my tax and deduction is good. <laughs> um, okay, one of my notes in my notebook is tax and sex. How does that work? No! Like, because they have a hive. So, like, like, are they, like, bees? Do they have, like, a queen? What if they just make little honeycombs and baby taxons are pushed in there and burst out. Oh my god, that's adorable. Right? Tiny that's little... the only adorable thing that has ever been said about Daxons ever. This this <laughs> is the most amount of alien sex discussion I've ever had in my life. I'm just like throwing that out there. Welcome to my world! Uh... What what other set of circumstances would lead you to talking about alien sex I mean, at this all? is the place to do it, I guess. But I'm pretty sure that every time I get together with like more than one Amorph span at a time, Eventually, our conversation devolves into an- alien sex. Alien sex. It is the best. Oh god, what is this elbow doing? Also, while we're on the subject, so we don't- I mean, we're here. <laughs> so we don't leave them out. How do hork get it on? That wow. is between hork and no one else to know. You're right. Two I'm loving hork <laughs> When a mommy and a dairy hork love each other very much and they want to have a baby. They share a special yeah. blade for That's some sharp coitus. Some, that's some- Sharp. <laughs> anyway, jork, 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 it's all fine. Special episode. <laughs> I'm, I like that you just kept getting quieter as you said that. Like, this is special. <laughs> so should we talk about drugs Sorry. next, then? Yeah. yeah and what? then rock and roll, right? Yeah. Yeah. Next drug, rock and roll. We do end up talking about rock and roll, kinda. So, I'm pretty sure that the gay Applegate book grants just really love the Rolling Stones, so they just keep bringing them up. Yeah. And then... Basing the last cover on it. 
I just now figured out that that song was by the Rolling Stones. Are you serious? Oh, really? Because I did not know who the artist was, and you guys made several jokes earlier that, before no, 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 we were no. recording about this, and I just figured yeah, out. Yeah, that's why I kept out. screaming, make Alexa play the Rolling Stones radio. <laughs> I just figured this out now, guys. Yay. I'm not good at music. I'm very concerned about you. No, it's good. I had to look it up, too, just to make sure. You want to know what else is fucked up? What else what? is fucking, fucked up? You know the song Bittersweet Symphony? Yeah. They, like, they sued They sued the Verve for, for that song, and they got 100% of the proceeds. So whenever you play Bittersweet Symphony on Spotify, you're giving money to Keith Richards, just so you know. Well, what a bittersweet story that was. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. I have... I'm working on a joke right now in my head about gathering no moss. <laughs> gathering no animosity! Oh! Yes! <laughs> Boom. Uh, sub, Visitor 7. It's pretty sure that he's just captured Nandalite. He is going to go and throw him off a maglev train because there's some sort of deal with the taxon that when they find a traitor, they give them to the other taxon horde, I guess, for uh, interrogation, which really is just eating them. So he goes to throw his body off a train, but he gives him one final option, which is admit that you're an Andalite and I'll enslave your body because he aspires to slave an Andalite body. Enslave an Andalite body. Words are, Words just are hard. flying out of my mouth right now. So um, Elfangor knew in this minute that he was facing his personal enemy. He tells him his name is Elfangor and he would do best to remember it. And then he's thrown out of the train into the waiting ravenous taxon horde. And as he's falling, he's demorphing. He hits the ground, his body explodes, and the taxon descend upon him, start eating his organs. But then he's demorphing, and sure enough, when he needs his tail more than any Andalite has ever need his... Yes? I have a thought. Okay. I have <laughs> Okay. So, yeah, you know, morphing's supposed to be random. Mm, yeah, I know. <laughs> exactly, at the point. <laughs> it's supposed to be random, uh-huh. but like... There are multiple times during the series where clearly characters who are not Cassie can also seem to direct their morphs if they try hard enough. Yeah. Like, that seems to be a thing. Yeah. So, like, I'm gonna butcher this word. (laughs) Are Estrains just especially good at it? Yeah. So, because the Estrains, they use it for like, beauty and everything, like Cassie does, obviously, but, like, if that's possible, we have to imagine anyone with enough practice or desperate enough could send their morph any direction they wanted to. It's like, technically speaking, I could draw a stick figure if I wanted to, but an actual artist could actually draw a full person. (laughs) It's like that. Yeah. It's like, if I had to, I could draw a person and you would know that it was a person. It's a good analogy. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I agree with that totally. I've always thought it like that was a good way to assume it worked because there's multiple instances of it. Yeah. But yeah, so Elfangor does end up morphing his tail first, which moves the uh, taxons off, kinda. Um, and he ends up making it back to his Andalite morph, uh, morph himself, his Andalite self. And then Subvisor 7 is screaming to shoot him and tear him to bits. Horkvisor descend upon him and it's complete madness. So Elfangor dives back into the confusion of the taxon horde and starts to morph a caffet bird, which is the six winged, or six pairs of wings, twelve wings total yeah. bird from the Andalite homeworld, and he uh, manages to escape. 
It's really good thing that he decided to pick up a, a bird morph. Yeah. And didn't which, just stick with the one that, you know, Ed likes to use. Yeah. And a good thing that he decided that one time to screw around. But just this once. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he makes it once back to- Once that he admits to. That's true. It's probably happened many times. Yeah. <laughs> if Axe is any indication. He's probably worried that his brother's going to listen to this later. He's like, I don't want him to know about the time that I smoked Antlite weed. <laughs> can't tell him about the time we did the drugs. <laughs> it was a crazy night at the academy. We were all kind of homesick. And we're like, butthead. There was one time that... That's my Antlite OC, everybody. Look <laughs> oh, God. Uh... Uh, all right. So... What ends up happening next? I don't know. Where are we? Oh, um, Elfangor escapes as a coffee bird. He makes it back to the spaceport, and there he sees the Jahar landing. Um, Chapman gets out, and he meets Subvisor 7, who is rushed back, apparently, from the Tax and Horde thing. And Chapman pantomimes trading a planet full of humans. And that's part one. Yep. We made it, guys. We did it. We survived. It's at two and a half hours. I know. Okay. So that's we'll we'll make it. What's two and a half times three? We should know two and a half of our hours. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of time, how does how does the morphing clock even work? Because you have to figure that. I mean, like an hour is kind of an arbitrary amount of time. Like, but it's not exact, because they can morph out depending on how good they get at it. Sometimes right. it's a few minutes after. Like, even by book three, they've yeah. overshot the two-hour time limit. Right. So clearly, it's not, like, exact. Like, yeah. I always kind of assume that Elfanger says two hours, because, like, if you're in morph for two hours, get out. Yeah. What are you doing? They can understand it. Right. It's much easier than to, like, two hours, three minutes, and 37 seconds, yeah. you'll be fine. But make it out before then. Yeah. <laughs> I always thought the scariest thing was, like, the fact that you could get stuck mid-morph. Yeah. Like, that's fucking terrifying. Yeah. Just just kill me now. Yeah, happens. just, it's bad. Yeah. Although that's probably how Anubis happened. <laughs> you know, you're right. Probably. All the Egyptian gods. <laughs> how Egypt happened. Just how furries happened. I mean... You know, that's how Zeus in Greece was, like, having sex with people as a swan and shit. He's just like, I'm gonna morph into a swan. Uh, so what we're yes. seeing now... He impregnated a woman as rain. As rain? It's like golden rain or some shit. Oh, uh, we, well, we know what that means. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Alright, are you guys ready to get to part two? Yeah. <laughs> Casey, are you still with us? Yeah. Okay. Are you sure? I'm just drawing my game corn. <laughs> of course. Alright. How's that going? It... Good. <laughs> <laughs> well, has it reached its climax? Um, so, what happened to LeBron? <laughs> so anyways, Elfangor is floating above the spaceport as a caffet bird, and it's a mess. Lauren is being taken by Horkvisor controllers. Chapman's trying to bargain with Subvisor 7. Uh, I'm drunk. Good. Excellent. God, we have two thirds of this book to get through, Casey. <laughs> I'm. Uh... Oh my god. Alright. Okay, one of us is going to die of alcohol poisoning before this is over. Oh god. So it was nice yes. knowing you both. It was nice hanging out. Yeah. This is how it ends. 
This is how I imagined it would end, talking about Animorphs. You know, this isn't how I imagined, but this is how I dreamed it would end. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Alright, so. Fangers in the spaceport. Blah, blah, blah. He doesn't come up with a great plan, because his entire plan is to get the Time Matrix and then rescue Lauren. That's his plan. Great plan. Yeah. I mean, technically, he succeeds in that. (laughs) Specifically in those two things, he succeeds. He's he's all about the, like, high-level goals. Right. Yeah. I mean, never mind how he got there. High-level. Super high-level. He's he's a dreamer, not a builder. Yeah, the details aren't important. Not at all. No, really we can skip to the end. This is really a straight up Animorphs plan. Details are not important. (laughs) No, no. Uh, If we thought through the, if we thought through the, uh, what we're doing, we'd never do it because we'd realize how bad our plans are. Yeah, that is exactly right. (laughs) So So he, um, ducks under one of the ships, starts going taxin, and then suddenly there's another taxin with him. But he speaks to him and it is Arbron. And something is very wrong. No. No. It's I know. It's wrong. But he doesn't know why. Um, So then they get into the Skritna ship as the plan goes. They basically just waltz in and say, we're here as computer dudes. And the Geds are like, oh, you're narcissistic fucks, but all right, come on in. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) it's basically how it goes. I mean, they're not wrong. They are androids, after all. Yeah. Yeah. So they go in, and then Elfangor starts to demorph after they seal the ship. And uh, Arbron is there, and he says, demorph! And Arbron doesn't do it. And then he screams at him to demorph. And then Arbron goes, I really wish I could. No! He is a Nothlet. A Baby. Nothlet. And stuck in the worst morph of all time. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. So, uh, the RS steal the ship. And they start thinking they're going to blow out of their top speed and get away before anyone can realize anything. But after they launch, they realize this thing is freaking slow. <laughs> I wrote by Andalite standards, but Andalite standalarts. It's like a Fiat Panda. Yeah. it's <laughs> They get the Prius of the spaceships. Wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> so anyways... Uh, they start to push this thing as fast as they can, and almost immediately bug fighters are trailing them. And they realize, hey, the Skritna ships, they're really, they're built kind of better for Atmo than any other ships because they're to cruise around and steal shit. So they decide they're just going to duck back down to lower atmosphere, and they are going to blast through there as fast as they can, and that's how they're going to escape. So that's pretty much what they do. Uh, they end up going around 3,400 miles per hour. The hull heats up to a heat that we don't even want to know. The Yerks are on their tails. They almost hit mountains. They manage to pull up and avoid it. But of course, now the Yerks are closer because they know the topography and prepared for it. And then one of the Yerk bugfighters explodes because it can't handle the heat. Um, yeah, into the distance. And then uh, Arbron starts saying, we only have a few more minutes. Elfanger's like, well, the other one will explode. And Arbron's like, do you really want to bet on that? He does not. So what they do is the most badass fucking maneuver of all time. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure I saw this on Firefly, too. (laughs) So Uh, Yeah, but this came first. This came first. Firefly stole it from Animals, for sure. So what they do is Elfangor hits the brakes, it reduces their speed by half, 
the three bug fighters go blazing past them, and in a quick one, two, three shot sequence, Arbron takes them all out. That That's happened in Star Wars, shoot. too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh. Damn. This is great maneuver. Everybody's still from cool. Animorphs. That's cool. Plagiarism. That's fine. Plagiarism is totally fine. Oh, yeah, you know. Yes. Elfangor turns around, he's going to head them back to the spaceport, and Arbron starts losing his shit, because he does not want to go back there. And he starts attacking Elfangor. Um, Elfangor grabs a draken beam, and Arbron tries to pull a fast one on him, saying, Don't shoot me, you'll kill me! It's on setting one. He goes, remember, this is originally a Yurk weapon, so one is the highest setting. So Elfangor is like, alright, so he dials it to ten... And then he fires when Arbron lunges at him again, and at the last possible second he realizes Arbron has tricked him into putting it up to full power, and he says through some miracle, or maybe he like flinched once he realized his mistake, he shoots the ground next to Arbron full power, blows a two foot wide hole in the floor, and the ship goes spinning out of control and crashes to the ground. I think it's not very smart, is he? He's just a beat slower than everyone else. <laughs> Like, if this was Harry Potter, I would not sort him into Ravenclaw. No. He's a Gryffindor. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we sort everyone in this book, too, while we're here? Oh, is Gryffindor. Yeah, absolutely. He's Axe is not. I don't think he is. I do. I maintain that. I maintain I think he's Hufflepuff. Yay, my house. <laughs> Welcome to my He's house. just, you know. <laughs> he's just, you know. Just, you know. I don't know. It's just I my think gut feeling. The, the one thing that I'm sure of is that Jake and Rachel's entire family is basically Gryffindor. I said... They're like the Weasleys of, of her Animorphs. I could totally agree with that. Because, I mean, you, in book one, you have Tom being a, a like, running at oh, things. Yeah. Like, absolutely, 100%. And then there's Rachel's mom later with a spice rack. She's amazing, yeah. and I love her, and if anyone screams me, I will fight them. <laughs> I I said by the end of the whole series arc, and like looking at everything, I could sort Rachel into Gryffindor. I could also see the argument that she would be a hero Slytherin. Yeah, I can see that. So, I didn't tell Casey why, I just told her my feelings. Yeah. So, and those are my feelings. How They're great feelings, I agree with them. I worked hard on them. She's a... What would you you call the mixture of those two? Slithendor? Yeah, Slithendor. Yeah. A griffin thin. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Alright, so. Elfangor wakes up. He's a little banged up, but not horribly so. And everything is gone. And by everything, I mean Arbron and the Skritna. And he takes stock of the ship... Um, and him being alone, and then he does find the time matrix and kind of inspects it. He then inexplicably falls asleep for a while, and then he wakes up again, <laughs> and he takes a look at some of the other stuff there that the Skritnaw stole, like magazines, where he notes waterfalls and tiny cylinders in their mouths, which he doesn't know In the waterfalls mouths? Yeah, the waterfall Marlboros. Is that not a common ad in the 70s? <laughs> Um, and then he explores the Mustang, the car, and he starts hitting (laughs) horses. Not yeah, there's no horse. Unfortunately, that would be cool. It would have been harder for him to ride it though. 
Oh. And we're back and to sex. we're back to alien sex. Oh, no. That wasn't even, that, I didn't even mean it that way, but it, by the end of the sentence, I did. What would, like, a horse and a light mule child look like? No. Alrighty, then. I mean, I bet you in the future, all horses will be blue. I hope so. Yeah. Wild horses. <laughs> <laughs> speaking, uh, speaking of the Rolling Stones. Oh, God. Oh yeah, speaking of the Rolling Stones, he starts hitting dials and knobs, and then I Can't Get No Satisfaction starts playing. Yay. <laughs> this was God damn favorite. it, you guys! What? That's what it said! Uh, yeah. Stop thinking about more sex. <laughs> oh, God. And then this next scene is just fucking incredible. It's the I'm just best. gonna. It's so good. Like. Basically what happens is he drinks Dr. Pepper and then takes off across the desert in his yellow Mustang, playing songs loudly. (laughs) (laughs) And he fucking loves it. He does. It's truly the best thing in the entire series. It's It's incredible. (laughs) It's just incredible. Also, my favorite line in the book was, an Andalite in a Mustang was just going to be slightly obvious. And I'm like, that is my favorite Slightly. fucking line in the entire world. <laughs> just, just a little bit. Slightly <laughs> obvious. I don't know what he's talking about. That seems pretty normal. It's completely inconsistent. I mean, we've only seen a tiny fraction of the Texan homeworld, so we don't know what's going on down there. That's true. Who knows what they have? They might have internal combustion engines mm-hmm. on an advanced species that is flight capable to space. Hello again, Andalite Bandalites. I hope you have been enjoying part one of our two-part series on Andalite Chronicles. That's right, it's a series now. Uh, And I hope that you appreciate that we left you all in the mental image of an Andalite driving a Mustang across a desert wasteland of a Taxan planet. Um, What better place could we have left you on? That's right, there is none. Uh, So I'm just tuning in here to give you guys the regular end of the episode nonsense that we normally do. Um, Please feel free to send us any emails with your thoughts, questions, concerns, heartbreak stories, advice, questions, I don't know, whatever you want. Send it to anonymousanimorphs at gmail.com. Come check us out on Facebook where Animorphs Anonymous is our main page. We also have a super awesome group, which are the Andalite Bandalites. Um, and it's uh, pretty fun in there. We, we post polls a lot of the time. Uh, that's where we post um, questionnaires about like adding to the Spotify playlist and things like that. You can check out our playlist on Spotify at Animorphs Anonymous um, and go see what's going on there. We have one for each character and it's uh, super fun. Uh, a lot of flashbacks to the 90s whenever you listen to those. We are also on Instagram at Animorphs Anonymous, on Twitter at Animorphs Anon. We also have a website. It's AnimorphsAnonymous.com. And uh, if you want to go ahead and check us out on some different platform, because I don't know, iTunes keeps asking you to download something like a thousand times and you're really, really sick of it, you can go ahead and find us on Stitcher or Podbean or Pocket Cast or Google Play or wherever you want really we're we're in most places so um come check us out um oh and also if you're interested in reaching out to stephanie or talking to her she does some pretty legit fan fictions 
and uh, her handle on Archive of Our Own. Uh, her username is Steph Queem, and that is spelled S-T-E-P-H-Q-U-I-E-M. Um, so go check out her stuff. Um, she does, from what I saw when I looked in there, a lot of uh, Animorphs fan fiction, which is pretty legit. That's kind of what we're into. You guys can check it out because you will not get confused over what you read there and what you read in the actual books. Not like I will because you guys are all wonderful and amazing. And I thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you in a week. Bye-bye.